to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Hey, girl. Hey, and welcome to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast. I'm Julie Graham. I was a wife and now I'm a widow. I'm a single hockey mom. Mm-hmm, you are now. I'm a nearly full-time employee at a bustling and growing online women's magazine. I'm a happy member of an active girl gang. I'm a little bit diva, and I am a daughter. Oh, you know, it's funny. Oh, I am Darlene Brock. And it's funny that we do have so many titles. I mean, I, I can go through mine. I'm a business owner. Um, I am a wife. I am a mother. I am now a noni, which is grandmother. To two. So you know. Yep. 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 Um, I am, you know, I, I don't know. There's so many things that I could add to it. And here's, here's the thing is no matter what I add to it, I want to be perfect. I know. I want to get it all right in every single area of my life. You know what, Dar? I was just thinking I probably should have started with saying I'm a Christian because that's the most important thing about me. I should have started there, right? Yeah. Don't we already feel guilty? I could have too. <laughs> I didn't even add it. And, you know, I guess in addition to that, I wish I could be a perfect Christian. I wish I could get it all right. I wish I could be that woman that everyone goes, oh, she does love God because watch her walk on water or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Wait, who is saying that? I don't know. Not anybody, but I think in I my mind... I don't want to be friends with whoever this is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think in my mind, though, people do say that, even if they don't. You may be listening and maybe you don't even identify as a Christian or you're kind of new to the faith and it's all kind of a learning phase for you. Or maybe you've been walking with God for decades. There's still this situation where women tend to compare themselves to other Christian women. Am I measuring up against her? Do I fit in with the Christian women crowd? I mean, have you experienced this, Dar? Oh, absolutely. There have been times I've walked in a room of women that obviously know and love God, and I feel like I am the black sheep in a room full of white sheep. You know, I stand out and they all could point their fingers. And perhaps I think often it was me that did that because I lived a different life than some of these women. The choices I made as far as running businesses and things like that were different than what they were experiencing. I hear what you're saying. I feel that way sometimes, even in kind of my Christian circle, because um, I attend the weekly Bible study at my church and I love it. But sometimes I feel like I'm kind of different because I'm I'm not a stay-at-home mom. I'm I'm a working mom, and you know now I'm a widow, and so I'm a single mom. And it's just a lot of times the Christian mom mold doesn't look like my life. So I get what you're saying. But at the end of the day, we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to the other Christian women that we're doing life with. We should be looking at what the Bible says a Christian woman's life looks like. There's definitely a lot of pressure for and among Christian women that we should be doing all of the things that God calls us to. And even that list is debatable as to what we're called to and what we're not supposed to be doing. But there is one passage that definitely gets thrown around a lot when it comes to women that we are supposed to hold up and emulate and do all of it well. And that is Proverbs 31. I I mean, you've probably heard of it, right? If you're a Christian, and you know what? Even if you're not a Christian, you've probably heard of the Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah, and it almost sends terror in a lot of hearts that, 
oh dear, whatever that is, I don't think I can achieve it. I don't, whether you're wanting to pursue your faith now and haven't really yet, or if you're in the middle of it and trying to swim upstream, you probably think whatever that woman is, yes, I've read it, boy, I can't do that one. Because I don't think any of us think that we have met the criteria of this particular passage that seems to be posted on all of our walls that it's what we're supposed to be. And part of the reason we wanted to go there to talk about this passage is because we wanted to kind of take the pressure off. We at the Grit and Grace Project and here at this Grit and Grace Life, we are Christian women who are living real lives, lives that don't get it right every single time, and yet lives that look to the Bible to be our guidepost, to be the standard by which we want to live, but we recognize that we're going to need so much grace for the times we just can't get it right. Yep, for sure. And I'm going to pull a few highlights from that particular text that I think is a little challenging. You know, let's start with, uh, she's a wife. Okay, Julie, you yep, were, and you're not now, okay? And a lot of women don't find themselves at that place in life. So does that disqualify us if we are not a wife and fulfilling all of that side of it? Does that mean this doesn't work for us? I mean, it's funny because this passage in my Bibles, multiple Bibles, is highlighted. It's scribbled on. A friend mentioned this passage the other day, and literally, I immediately thought, wait, wait a second. I'm not even a wife anymore. Like... <laughs> X, like, I, do I need to cross it out? Like, yeah. I, I don't qualify. Failed. But no. How, but how ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not you're a wife, these verses hold so much truth and value for how we want to carry ourselves. But you're right. There will be women who will think, well, I can't even read that one. It's labeled virtuous wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you love this one. Um, brings her food from afar. You kind of would live by that one, right? Well, I mean... I guess it works for today's culture. You know when people say that the Bible isn't relevant anymore? She brings her food from afar. She uses Uber Eats. <laughs> Can you please bring me a McFlurry at midnight? Yeah, I think that's not what it meant. That is, it may not be, but you know what? what however you get it, you bring your food home. So I, I kind of like that. Uh, this passage also says that she gets up before dawn. You're not nailing that one, Dar. That's I not how you roll. I never nail that one. I don't even know if in eternity God will ask me to get out of bed at dawn. I have no <laughs> idea. But no, I, I will never do that. So, you know, check, fail, whatever. <laughs> um, it says that she plans the day for her servant girls. Do you have servant girls? No, but I have a housekeeper who oh, cleans true. my house every couple of weeks. So I, I will plan their day. I'm into it. I think that works. Wait, is this a passage where we support having a housekeeper? If you can, yes. I, girls, I fully support it. I yep. mean, we actually use the same cleaner. And the irony is that it's a guy. It is. It's a guy. <laughs> it says that she inspects a field and buys it. I have never inspected any fields. I don't even like being in the field. Uh, that's not true. I love photo shoots in fields. Yeah, you do. You like the grass surrounding you and the nice, soft sunlight. So yeah, you do like fields. But you know, not not every woman is a businesswoman, and that's kind of what they're referring to. Or a realtor, right? Or a realtor. Yeah, that's true too, you know. So it, it can apply some places and perhaps not apply in your life. Speaking of not applying in her life, verse 19 says that her hands are spinning thread and twisting fiber. Nope. No. (laughs) I am not the crafty seamstress. Now, I can sew. I can make things. I can do that. So that, you know, I'll go, oh, I could probably learn how to spin. I've always loved the spinning wheel, so I'll bring one into my home and try it out. (laughs) 
And then the last one that maybe does or doesn't feel relatable to you is that she dresses in fine linen. Now, this one I like. I mean, I do like nice clothes. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you do. So dressing up, that works for you. That or what else do you wear? However, yeah. Is there a verse about leggings? Hmm. No. No, there isn't. Crap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And really, ladies, we don't intend to make fun of God's word because we would never do that. But what we have to do is go why doesn't this part apply to me, but does the whole text apply to me? Are there things in there that I can totally relate to and that I can draw from? Well, and that's the way we need to approach all of scripture. There's going to be hyperboles. There's going to be examples that don't apply to your life and yet can cause you to think and recognize there are changes that need to be made or areas that are definitely present in your own life. And we need to look at Proverbs 31 in the exact same way. In fact, there are several verses we just want to go ahead and unpack and say, regardless of what age or stage of life or roles or titles you might have right now, these are parts that you can definitely look at and want to implement, want to apply, want to live out. So Julie, if we're talking about the section that talks about being a wife and it begins in Proverbs 31 verse 10, I think this is a really important thing to know and to learn and to try to achieve. And that is who can find a virtuous and capable wife She is more precious than rubies, maybe diamonds, maybe whatever, but she is more precious than jewels. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. I mean, don't we want to do that as a wife? Don't we want to build our husband up and bring him good and not harm him? Absolutely, that's your goal as a wife. And let me just speak to the wannabe wifey. That's what I like to call (laughs) women who are not yet married or who hope to one day be married. Um, This passage is definitely written to the wife, but we desire to be this kind of woman. And so I want to carry myself in this way so that if God brings a man into my life, I'm walking in the kind of way that his heart can trust in her. Recently, I've discovered a new translation. I don't know if it is new or if I've just recently discovered it. It's called the Passion Translation. It's similar. I feel like it's similar to the message. It's just kind of more, I don't know, um, beautifully written, if I'm allowed to say that. Um, But this translation for verse 11 says, her husband has entrusted his heart to her for she brings him the rich spoils of victory. But that entrusting his heart to her The way she carries herself, he feels safe with her, both emotionally and spiritually. I love that. So here's one that all women, I think, can relate to and aspire to, and that is the 17th verse. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. Do you feel energetic and strong? Some days. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do. I do. I don't know if I feel strong. You know, <laughs> I in my head, I'm stronger than I am, but energetic, yes. And I am willing to work hard mm-hmm. at whatever I do. And you too. I mean, I love that verse because I think some women might read that and think, oh, well, I'm, I'm exhausted because I'm reading this at 6 a.m. before my kids wake up. Or I don't feel strong. Maybe they think of it traditionally like, can I, you know, carry heavy things? Or I'm in a season where I'm struggling with anxiety, so I'm not being very strong. Or I, I'm not a hard worker because I don't have a job. But we want you to look at this passage in the whole of your life. And I'm energetic and strong as I work heartily toward whatever God has put in my life in this season, whether that's loving my friends and family or raising my children or um, you know, serving a neighbor. All of those things are valuable, regardless of whether they're in the traditional sense of the word. 
And here's another one that I really like that I think you can demonstrate your strength and your energy and work hard at. And that is the 20th verse. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. Do you know what I love about that passage, Julie, is open your arms to the needy. It's not just extend a hand mm. that you, when you open your arms, you embrace, mm. you reach out, you go past just the, I'm going to drop some money in the needy, which is wonderful. You should do that. But you are physically loving on someone who needs it, whatever their need is. I mean, we'll just go there. Verse 20 in the TPT says she's known by her extravagant generosity to the poor for she always reaches out her hands to those in need. All right, we all can do that, or we all can work to do that. So I think that's very, very important in our lives. Whether you've really spent much time in this passage or not, you've probably heard verses 25 and 26. They're pretty popular. They're on a lot of coffee mugs. And these days, a lot of graphic tees. (laughs) That is true, yep. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. Boy, that thing is packed, isn't it? Right? I know. I'm reading. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I am not doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that is that is one caveat. We, we're reading these because we know they're what we want to do. We want to be. And also know that we're not going to always achieve it. But if we can start, have a starting place, all right, we are clothed with strength and dignity. Can we act dignified? Mm. Can we be gracious? Can we be loving and kind and not demeaning toward other people? Mm-hmm. Well, and even that idea of giving instruction. Sometimes as women, we look at other people, whether it's our man, our kid, our coworker, and we think, can't you just figure it out? You should have figured it out by now. But actually this verse says, I'm supposed to be speaking with wisdom and kindness and being willing to offer instruction. Man, that's something for me to work on right now. Yeah, I think that's something for all of us, too. I know me, too. Yep, absolutely. You know, one part of this particular text that I love is laughing at the future. Mm. It doesn't scare you. You're actually sitting back and going, "Ah, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I can enter into it with joy and laughter and not terror. That's a hard one sometimes. I think this is definitely a hard one for women. We tend to be a little control freakish, right? I mean, it's not just me, right? Are oh, you no, a control it's not freak? Just you. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so when we think of the future, we want to have it all mapped out. We want to know what's coming, when, how, why, <laughs> why. Um, and when God's not giving those kinds of answers, we can get anxious and frustrated and we try to, you know, make it all happen here now faster. Or we remember that we're supposed to laugh without fear of the future. Hey, guess what? I don't hold time. I don't know the future plans, but I can trust that God does. And because of that, I can live in the moment today and rest and trust that the future will work itself out one moment at a time and I can have peace. The last one, and read the whole thing, ladies. Go in and pull Proverbs 31 and read it from the 10th verse to the end. Uh, And you'll get the whole context, and some of it you'll feel like you relate to, and some you don't. But it kind of ends with a, a pretty interesting text, especially for us, because at this Grit and Grace Life podcast and the Grit and Grace Project, we believe in inner beauty. We believe a woman is so much more than their exterior. And this, there's a verse that tells us the same thing. Charm is deceptive, 
Beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord is greatly to be praised. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that is the kind of the culmination of what we want our grit and grace lives to look like. Knowing that, again, we're going to fall along the way. We're not going to hit every verse in this passage, which, by the way, I'll link to this passage in the show notes so that you can click on it and get to it easily. Um, and just kind of work your way slowly through it, really kind of asking the Lord, what areas am I seeing this kind of fruit in my life? And celebrate that and thank Him for that. And then if there are other areas where you notice... Uh, maybe I do need to be a little more energetic and strong and willing to be a hard worker. That's okay. That's something you work out with the Lord and ask him to help you with and not get down on yourself, but just look at this. This is an area where I can be seeking to grow in both my grit and my grace and my strength in the things that God has called me to. And at the end of the day, verse 30 really talks about where it's all going to come from anyway, when we put our fear in the Lord. Now, is that talking about being scared of God? No, it's not. To me, it's almost placing all the fears you have in Him and your confidence is in what He can do and who He is. Mm. So instead of just deciding we're going to be Proverbs 31 women, Mm. why don't we decide that we're going to be women who take the entire scripture, the entire Bible that was given to us, and glean from every part of it and learn who we want to be, how we want to live, and what we want to do? There's so much fruit to be gained by studying this passage, and we really do want to encourage you to go do that. But in order to really grow into the women that God wants us to be and the women who are going to represent Him well in all of our areas of life, we do have to spend time in all of the Scripture knowing that there are going to be passages that are hard for us to apply and passages that we're going to read and realize, wow, I am missing the mark there. But we're not the only ones who feel that way. Even those who wrote the Bible— felt that way. It's true. They absolutely did. You know, the Apostle Paul, who I think most of us go, oh, he, I mean, he was pretty ornery before he met God, but once he did, he was like the benchmark of the man of faith, the person who seemed to have it all figured out and knew how to live. But I love what he said in Romans 7, verse 15, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Seriously? Paul? I mean, I'm right there with him. How about you? I I mean, there are so many times that I come across that passage and I'm like, yes, okay. It's not just me who feels that way. And yet I want to grow. I want to be able to lay down the things that God says are not good for me and pick up the things that God says will bring me life. And yet I'm going to experience both of those as I walk this Christian life. And the more I saturate myself in all of the Bible and I hang with people who share my faith, I'm going to grow incrementally day by day as I chase after these things and run away from the things that are not going to encourage me. Okay, but are you going to mess up, Julie? Yes. Like, wait, today? Yes. (laughs) Already today? It's only halfway through the day. And I I could list a lot of things that would make you not want to listen to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I'm going to mess up too every single day in various ways. We just are. Mm. But I want to encourage women who know the Lord that that does not define your faith. Mm. The fact that you make mistakes, and some of them are big and some of them are little, and Mm. everything in between, we all make mistakes and we don't do what we want. And sometimes we don't even want to do what we should want to do. (laughs) We don't at all. But, you know, I, I know you and I have had conversations about the definition of a hypocrite. That is not a hypocrite. That is a follower of Christ who is trying their best to do justice to the God they serve. 
I know you are sensitive to that word hypocrite, but talk to me about that. So what do you think a hypocrite is? I think it's one who says their faith is true, but their heart belies it. It's not even their actions belie it. It might, but their heart belies it because their heart is centered like the Pharisees were on their self-importance only, Mm. of their definition of their world only, not God's. And, you know, the only people I think that God called a hypocrite in the Bible were the Pharisees. The ones who wanted the appearance of being faithful, but really had no intentions of walking that out with sincerity. It's a heart thing. It's not necessarily an action thing, because all of our actions are sometimes going to mess up. Well, and that's ultimately why Jesus had to come. He knew we could never get all of our actions correctly. And so he came and lived the perfect life I will never live so that I get his credit of righteousness. And then I live a life desiring to please him. But then when I fall short on the daily, I look to him and say, oh, thank you, Jesus, that you did that when I couldn't. And I put my faith in you again in this next moment. And I put my trust in you and I'm thankful for the grace that you offer me. Yeah, and you know what's funny is we as women might walk into that women's group and think, I don't want you to know my heart or what I did yesterday or how I'm struggling today because we're fearful of maybe their judgment Mm -hmm. or maybe they won't, but we're just scared they might. Mm -hmm. But you know who never, ever feels that way about us is the Lord, is Mm -hmm. the God that we serve that he know he knows what we think and what we feel and how we act. He knows every single thing. And yet his love never fails. His love never goes away. So, you know, if you can depend on anyone, you can depend on him for being all in. He loves every single part of you, good, bad, and different. And we want to be the kind of women who know that about God and are willing to interact with each other more and more like that offering grace, being vulnerable and honest with the areas that we do struggle, not in a way of excusing it, but in a way of being relatable and honest and real and saying, hey, I'm not doing it all right, but God loves me anyway, and I can love you in your messiness because we can be messy together and still chase after the things of God together. Yep. So if you go through the Proverbs 31 list and go, all right, I'm not a wife, that didn't work. Fail. Fail, fail, fail. I mean, I want to be. Let's just just keep no. it at 100. And today I don't want to work very hard, okay? <laughs> today I kind of want to put my feet up and do a movie marathon. Thank and you. And get Uber Eats yeah. from afar. It's godly. I want to get my food from yeah. afar. And call the housekeeper to come one oh more time. <laughs> you know, if you're at that place, it's really okay mm. because we are not going to achieve it all. I think part of it is... Let's look back at Proverbs 31 in six months or a year or two years and go, Mm -hmm. you know what? Maybe we didn't do that part of it two years ago, but today Mm. we are. We're closer. We're a little bit better. Hey, pat yourself on the back. You're figuring a little bit more about it because you've spent time in all of God's Word. And that's how we should approach the Christian life, the Christian faith, that we we should be growing slowly and over time. And we're going to take 10 steps forward. Wow, that's really ambitious. <laughs> Four steps forward. There you go. And then we're going to stumble. And God says, it's okay, my darling. I'm walking with you. That's okay. Get back up again. 
take another step, take another step. And we want you to feel that that's how you move forward in your grit and grace life, looking to the one who created you and who loves you in spite of all of these things. So absolutely go read Proverbs 31. Absolutely apply it to your life, but recognize that you're never going to get it all right. And here at the Grit and Grace Project, that's the kind of community we want to foster. Women who love the word, but also recognize that it's written so that you know that you're not going to meet it all, all the time, but there's one who did it for you. Yeah. And we do want to be that community of women who looks at you no matter where you are and says, it's okay, girl. It's all right. We've been there. Be there again. And we're not going to judge you where you are. We're going to encourage you that that's just one step in your journey. If you've heard this episode and you're looking for some more encouragement on balancing the faith life with the grit and grace life, and you haven't yet listened to episode 72, I'm going to recommend you go listen to that one next. It's called, Are You a Strong Woman of Grit and Grace? And I'll link to it in the show notes. Well, I mean, I don't know if there's a better way to sum up this whole episode than with a quote from the passage we've been talking about, which is Proverbs 31. But because I said I love that translation so much, the TPT, which I'll link to that as well in the show notes, we're going to kind of take verse 17 and let it be the summary and the quote for this episode. Do you want to read it, Dar? She wraps herself in strength, might, and power in all her works, and her shining light will not be extinguished no matter how dark the night. So you've got what it takes, friend. You've got grit and grace. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.